tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Tammy Lynn, Hudson Valley UFO, and Paducah Plane Jumper. I'm your co-host, Crystal. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And this is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Crystal. Robert. As you mentioned, um, when we first started speaking before recording, when you wished me a happy birthday, it is, in fact, my... Yes, happy birthday! Yes, yes, thank you. And you're doing it on air, too. That's great. Um, uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it is, in fact, my birthday, um, and I I went into work last night. So I have to, I have today mm-hmm. off, but I've been working graveyard. Mm-hmm. So I went into work last night. So my shift is basically like an was an hour on the eighth, and then the remainder on my birthday. Uh, mm-hmm. So I went into work. And, you know, even though it technically wasn't my birthday yet, I was sort of in that birthday mm-hmm. anticipatory, anticipatory uplift mood, you know, you have when you... Oh, that's... Well, that's really good. I'm glad yeah, you, you felt uplifted and not insanely depressed. Yeah, yeah. About getting older. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was just... I was looking forward to it. And... That's great. I was... Uh, and I could... I, I definitely couldn't be... I I was... Even more uplifted when I opened the drawer, uh, my drawer in the office, and on top of it was my third and fi- final evaluation for my job, which of course I passed, mm-hmm. which means that starting next month I will be a permanent employee. Well, congratulations. Yes, yes. It was... Uh, it, the the timing of it was like I mean it's like my God this is like a, a birthday gift from the universe so well congrats your does that mean that you can just do whatever you want now uh, that's usually what passing your probation means in a government job well I mean I I assume I, mean, I assume that like I, I I probably still have to be careful the, the next three or four weeks right because it's a year. And it won't be a year until mm-hmm. like a month from now, so I still mm-hmm. still have to play it cool before I just start showing up in in like underwear and bathrobes and <laughs> or I don't mm-hmm. <laughs> no I kid I I'll, I'll 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 do good work at at the job. I'm uh it, it's funny like I guess when I started at the beginning of um well at the beginning of COVID <laughs> lockdown. Mm-hmm. I I certainly was feeling like super insecure. I mean, the fact that it taken me years and years to like get my like foot into the door for something that was not mm-hmm. just a seasonal position. I like mm-hmm. one thing. Like there was, I was literally having this thought that was going through my head of, oh, thank goodness for this COVID situation and this lockdown and all this other jazz. Because the longer this goes on. And the longer it is until they can hire more people, because the the where I was working was sort of short staffed. Um, 
the longer it goes on, the longer they can't hire new people, the longer, like, like the, le- the less time I have until I have to, you know, less time I have to make it to, 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 to get to that, that end date for, and then, of course, now near, near the end, uh, I, I just, uh, I was like, uh, I mean, there, there wasn't any doubt after the first couple of evaluations. So I was like, okay, I just, just keep on working nice and steady and, and it will be mine. And it is, and it is. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big, fantastic. Oh, so that's, that's what, thank you. <laughs> thank you. That's what's new with me. Well, um, happy 29th birthday. And, uh, does, you, does your, uh, does your, does the, when you pass your probation period, does that include a raise as well? Uh, with the budget situations that the state of Nevada is going to be going through because of, um, COVID, I guess, uh, I can't be expecting any step increases for possibly a couple of years, but, Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's what my supervisor said. She was just like, from my past experience with you know the boom and bust cycle of Nevada's budgets, uh, that's yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be waiting for for any pay increases anytime soon. But hey, it's fine because this is already still the the job that I'm making the most money at ever at any point in my life. So, uh, I mean. It's like we had a conversation a few years ago or something about money and, you know, you like, I mean, you put it best, like when you describe the situation of like having to sweat $20. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Uh, like for years, you're like just living off peanut butter sandwiches and, and, you know, ramen and eggs and finally like just to have this job where like at the end of the um at the end of each pay period i'm like holy shit there's still like i still have money and i don't just mean like a little a few scraps in my savings account i mean there was just like there's 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 cash literal cash in my wallet Mm -hmm. like Dude, are you trying to get robbed right now? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I uh, I definitely can relate. Yeah, it's nice to go from just living hand to mouth to being able to plan to think about the future a little bit, for sure. Mm-hmm. So. Precisely. And not just like how am I gonna get to the next payday, <laughs> but actually like, but being you know being able to think you know ahead a couple of months or right. a year or whatever, and know that you're gonna be okay. It's definitely a it's definitely a luxury I don't take for granted. That's for sure. Yeah, like the the idea now of anyone. Yeah, back during uh, the the numerous years of trying to scrap by. Anytime anyone tried to suggest to me like like to go on to like go on a trip, like you should go on a trip. Mm-hmm. That'll that'll improve your mood. I was like, Yeah, I guess it will will improve my mood to like go on to a like a airline ticket booking thing and find I can't afford to fly <laughs> fly anywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, you <laughs> son of a bitch. 
It's a, I mean, the <laughs> irony of this is I'm in a similar situation where like I could, I could feasibly go anywhere <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I can't because COVID. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah, I've just been uh, just been saving up those credit card miles, you know. But I think by the end of COVID, though, um, by the time I'm vaccinated and you know able to travel, uh, I think I'll probably have about a hundred thousand miles on my credit card. Wow, towards a trip. Yeah. So, what's the circumference circumference of the Earth? Um, I'm going to make something up and say 44,000 miles. 24,901 miles. So, I mean, you could literally just travel across the world a couple of times without... Well, that's mm, that's not exactly how those work oh. when you actually go to use them, but sure. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't know. I've never, I've never <laughs> used your, 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 your mile thing, whatever, credit card, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't used them either, Robbie. That's why I have so many. <laughs> I see. Um, hey, so should we? Uh, we're in a new. Uh, sorry, we're in a new season of Unsolved Mysteries. We're we're uh, going into season five That's here, episode one. Episode one tonight. of season five. We got a sort of a. Uh, I mean, Robert Stack just comes right out at the very beginning and he's like, it's a new season. I mean, well, he doesn't say that exactly or in that tone of voice, but that's basically the 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 opening. It's just, you know, it's, it's a big deal now. It's a big deal. The, this is a new era of Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, we got. Yeah, it has. A, I mean, like Robert Stack has a n- new look. Not really. It, it feels like the lighting was different on him or something. Am I just imagining uh, Yeah, that? I recognized where he was doing the intro from, was, if you're interested. I was going to ask you about that bridge. Yeah, that bridge is... Uh, I'm sure you've seen that. Everyone has seen that bridge. That bridge is in the most shit. Um, yeah. It's a bridge over... Um, in Pasadena. So if you're on the 134 freeway driving east, it'll be on your right hand side. I don't know the name of the bridge, but it goes over the canyon that connects the part of Pasadena where the Rose Bowl is to the other part of Pasadena. Ah, okay. Uh, and it's got those, uh, it's got those gas looking lanterns on it. It's a, it's really famous and it's basically like an every noir or crime movie. (laughs) It's where you go to meet the guy. Right. Right. Um, and then underneath it is where you dump, dump the body or leave the package. Ah, (laughs) I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that for that information. I I appreciate. I really don't know what the bridge is called, so if anyone knows, they can. It's that. Just write it down and put it in their pocket and fuck off because I don't really care that much. I guess I could Google it, but it's just, anyway, it's a bridge in Pasadena that Robert Stack is yes. on. <laughs> and we we get like a new montage for the opening of the show. It's it's really yep. really exciting. And what what I noticed, and I really I guess I really haven't been paying too close attention to the to the, the 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 scroll of the different segment topics that happens but i kind of feel like mm-hmm. in this this season 5 i feel like 
really predominant are a lot of the really more obscure ones because I saw the investigators, Simed, mm-hmm. and Final Appeal like just tumble, uh, you know, towards the viewer, and I'm like, uh, there's really not very many of you guys, but it was. It's 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 a new a new season a new opening, yeah. It's 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 all very exciting, and we start out with a segment that involves um, a young woman named Tammy Lynn Le- Leppert. How did you how did they pronounce that? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I'll just call her Tammy mm-hmm. Lynn, and I have to just mm-hmm. immediately go into this when when you name your daughter tammy lynn aren't you pretty much mm-hmm. just guaranteeing that they're gonna be in beauty pageants <laughs> right um isn't that isn't that a thing Mm-hmm. yeah you know i listen as someone with a similarly uh that kind of name <laughs> I know my mom listens to this, so I'm going to be tread real lightly here. But yeah, with a name like Tammy Lynn or a name like Amber or a name like Crystal, you kind of been slotted into a certain kind of lifestyle and possibly some expectations about what you're to achieve in your life. <laughs> um, I'm just saying. So, yeah, I think Tammy Lynn is very it's 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 like beauty pageant, but it's also kind of like diner waitress, you know? Okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm reminded of uh, was wasn't it Seinfeld who who you know he had the joke about the name Jeeves. Like if you've if you've named your son Jeeves, you've pretty much guaranteed he's going to be a butler. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I mean it's like uh, is Je- I thought Jeeves was just like a nickname for butler. I thought it was like some English thing. Oh, where you just like. Ring your bell and for Jeeves. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe I was just confusing. But maybe it's not. God, how how tragic would it be to 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 have the name Jeeves? I just, gosh, I don't think I could. I'm gonna when we're when we're done. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google famous Jeeves. Okay. You, Let's see if I can find some. Well, Jeeves. I imagine the top result will probably be the search engine Ask Jeeves, but. Uh... <laughs> remember ask jeeves i remember a high i had a high school science teacher who looked something up on ask jeeves once i remember ask jeeves well listen if you're out there and you know a famous jeeves you can hash tweet at us and hashtag famous jeeves and like let us know about that and also if you know any like doctors or famous scientists named tammy lynn yeah let us know about those too yes so that's so that's that's what you can do, and there, there's no right, no reason to write us angry letters, or emails rather. So anyway, our segment starts out. Uh, Tammy, we have some archive footage of her participating in the 1982 Miss America Sunsi- Sunshine Surf Beauty Pageant. Which I think you added some, <laughs> some terms in there. Not part of that, but sure. Yeah. Um and we we kind of get the the background on her. Uh I guess uh she'd she'd won h- literally hundreds of beauty uh pageants 
uh, still, you know, like still in her teenage years. Um, they interview the mom who has a lot of blue on her eyelids. Um, you know, she shares with us sort of the background on, on what Tammy was like. And, uh, it, it, like the, I found, I was immediately suspicious of, of the fact that the mom was a, what, what, a talent agent, right? Yeah. It's a real momager situation. Mom, momager. Okay. I've, I've, I don't think I've ever encountered that. Oh, well, uh, you I know, mean, I mean, like, I, I mean, uh, I've I the, encountered the concept, but not the term. Oh, OK. Yeah. You, you know, like uh, Chris Jenner. Oh, right. Or right. any of the dance moms, those people. Momagers. Yeah, totally. I mean, and what I found strange uh, was that, like, very early on in the segment, we we learned that, like, one of her clients is living with them with 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 is living with Linda and Tammy. I, I miss that. I'm seeing it now on the wiki. Cause I went through that entire segment thinking that was her ugly brother. Yeah. He had a tragic. Yeah. There, there, there would have been some, some, you know, recessive genes, uh, popping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that, no, no, that's gosh. I'm trying to think of what watching this segment under the impression that that was her biological brother would be like in light of like confusing. mostly, <laughs> Right. Um, yeah. His name, uh, his name was wing Flanagan. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that that's really his name. His too. real name. Okay. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, he moved in with uh, his manager when he was 11, but he, but he does, convey that he felt like you know that basically like tammy was his sister but he does mm-hmm. he does recount the uh what it was like when she would come into like the living room while he's watching tv and she'd you know plant a big kiss on his cheek and uh, mm-hmm. he talks about how he tried to wipe it off but you know he couldn't get all of it off but hey, after a while he was okay walking around with it because it's like hey you know i got a girl's lipstick on my my cheeks and uh, mm-hmm. yes uh, very, very interesting dynamics going on with, uh, with this family. Uh, also early on, we learned that Tammy was in a movie called Spring Break, mm-hmm. which I don't, I've heard of it. You have? Yeah, I've heard, I've never seen it, but I, I think it's one of these like 80s boob movies. Oh, totally. I wa- I I watched the trailer before we started recording. It is oh, okay. It is explicitly that. Like because the 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 trailer itself is just like tons and tons of women in bathing suits. Um mm-hmm. I and I what I learned though was that I guess Tammy uh she because I, I did some reading, she only had a actually had a a bit part in the in the film, though, mm-hmm. apparently, I I've heard there's rumors that like because there's a there's a poster for the film that's basically uh, features a uh, a woman in a bathing suit, but you only see the w- woman from like she's laying on the beach, but you only see like the upper thighs up to like mm-hmm. the belly button or whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. then there's other stuff uh, on on the poster, 
And I guess allegedly from some sources I was reading, that was actually Tammy uh, uh, doing that pose, which just, mm. yeah, which is going to be interesting to keep in mind uh, a little bit later in this segment. But I guess basically the the turning point was uh, after this movie was she was done shooting this movie, she went to some sort of party, right? Uh, yeah, it was like a weekend, <clears throat> an unchaperoned weekend. Getaway. Right. They they, is, they uh, emphasize the what they say. Yeah, unchap unchaperoned was very troubling. In this <laughs> let me t- context. Yeah, let me tell you, I the, my my the alarms immediately started going off in my head, and right, you know, like why would they mention that it was unchaperoned? Right, mm. which would you know in retrospect. Would explain why, because immediately after she gets back from this party, her personality uh, seems to have totally changed to uh, as far as her mother and um, client brother can perceive. Like she's super paranoid. Um, just, mm-hmm. just she seems like almost just haunted. Uh, they have a one of the examples they they have a little like sort of. I don't think this depicts like any specific incident. It just sort of conveys her general mindset. Like they, they shoot her in her bedroom. Uh, it's dark kind of almost like there's a fog. So it's uh, as, almost as if it's suggesting that it's a dream sequence and, you know, she gets up and she's looking out the, uh, the window blinds, just all paranoid. And I, I think they, they play this in conjunction with uh, her, her brother, her client brother, um, relating how she got paranoid because the neighbors bought a new van. But the thing is, is this reenactment when they show her bedroom, which is startlingly bare. I mean, there's a bed, a nightstand, and a poster for the movie Spring Break on the wall. So how weird would that be? Like, your part of your body is like 50% of a movie poster, you know, used for a entirely mm-hmm. sexually suggestive way. If, uh-huh. and then you're going to put that poster on your bedroom. I would feel uncomfortable seeing like a poster of part of my body. I think you're, you're desperately begging for me to Photoshop that situation. Uh, if, uh, hey, if you're if you're willing to put the work in uh, uh, to make it, I'll I'll see that it gets posted on the uh, our official social media presence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any shirtless pictures of you though. So. That would be the tr- that would be that would be the problem. And I think actually, if we were to post pictures like that, it would probably boomerang back on us in a very negative way. No one wants to see that. <laughs> I think you just don't want to, I don't, I, I think you just don't want to take a shirtless selfie because I think you can't speak for our fan base and what they hunger for. <laughs> well, perhaps, perhaps I, I often have my finger far from the pulse of what, apparently what the audience wants, uh, especially when it comes to talking about <laughs> to talking about our time at UNR. <laughs> <laughs> which <laughs> uh, um yeah well in that sense i think we both have our fingers pretty far from the pulse of what anyone really actually wants <laughs> yes. to listen to 
But uh, yeah, so Tammy, she's just she's super paranoid. She's worried. Uh, she got uh, she actually landed a small role in Scarface, but some mm-hmm. business acquaintance or something who who she was staying at the house of when she was down locally for filming. Uh, he got a call that she had just like collapsed into hysterics and he came to the movie set and apparently someone told her, told him that, you know, they're shooting a scene where someone got shot and it just triggered her horribly. And so he's talking to her in the, 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 her, not room, but uh, her trailer. And she's just like, just, just hysterical and just worried that like, I mean, like, that someone someone's out to get her, and this leads to the the awesome reenactment of Tammy <laughs> believing her food that her mother has just served her is poisoned, and forcing her client brother. Yeah, I mean this is so rude to her mom. <laughs> right, her mom puts down a plate of uh, looks like fried chicken, some broccoli, you know the standard stuff that you'd have that with that sort of meal. And she just thrust out a piece of bro- broccoli at her brother. And she's like, try this. Mm-hmm. And uh, naturally, uh, uh, he does. I mean, like, how, how mm-hmm. strange uh, on a number of levels, obviously, to believe that your mother's trying to poison mm-hmm. you. Um, and then also that you're willing to sacrifice your surrogate brother. <laughs> as a, yeah. Uh, to serve in the function as your taste tester. <laughs> Yeah, I th- Tammy's, Tammy seemed like she was making that whole house feel real awkward whenever she was around. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I can only imagine what it's like to being to, to be wing. I mean, right? You mean you got you got a sister who's like kissing you all the time, and then she's making you like mm-hmm. try her food in case it's poisoned. Uh, it's got to be just a very. I mean, adolescence is. Is confusing enough, uh, right? Yeah. And so th- they have this scene where she's like just pacing, just back and forth in the, I would say tro- uh, living room, but it's more of a trophy room because it just has all of her trophies everywhere from the pageants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, One would assume well, from yeah. from the pageants. They're like all over the TV, and she like she she mm-hmm. starts accusing her surrogate brother of like looking at her. You know, uh, so she she yeah. she storms outside. That uh, we have a, God, what's that term for like when they when they uh, they move a camera closer to an actor, but they're they're zooming out or uh, or vice versa. There's a term for that, right? Oh, um, like what? what like yeah, what they Dave would know. Yeah, I don't know what it right. is. Right. Like what they did with uh like there's a scene in Jaws where they do that with Roy Schneider and whatnot. They do mm-hmm. did you notice they do a little bit of that here in this reenactment as soon as she steps outside? Um I I didn't, but good good catch on that. Yeah, I know. Adding a little drama it was, it was, to the situation. Yeah, yeah. It was just like I guess, you know, kind of to emphasize just how discombobulated she's feeling. And, you know, she's looking around and all the neighbors are doing neighbor stuff and she freaks out. She tries to go back inside and has difficulty like getting back in. I guess she thinks the door's locked. Uh, in the reenactment, they play it off. Like she's trying to, it looks like, you know, how you have like 
some door handles that you push down on, uh, push down on rather than a knob. It looks like she's trying to like push a knob instead down instead of turning it. So she freaks out. She's she's pounding on the door, and then she she grabs a baseball bat and then just starts smashing the the living room window open in slow motion. Her brother is like comes out like well, what's going on and then she starts accusing him of locking her out and it's just like going crazy uh the mom comes and sort of you know gets the bat out of her hand and gets her to stop like just immediately freaking out um and she collapses in her mom's arms it's it's just it is a it is it is an amazing reenactment. Like I, yeah, I'm putting this in like my top 10 most memorable, most memorable, like reenactments of something on unsolved mysteries. Uh, unfortunately because of this, she, she ends up spending a few days in a, um, uh, mental health facility, uh, you know, where they're, observing her we have a reenactment where like her mom's just sort of sitting next to her while tammy's just scrunched up in a chair um and then we get a a description of like basically what happens is uh uh she goes off with a friend uh one day who comes by like in a sports rick rick yes wait no Wait, no, Rick has the van, right? Yeah. Rick is the friend that they interviewed. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, um, Rick is, like, like a friend who knows her. Um, uh, and they have a bit of an interview with him. And then some unidentified friend is the one that picks her up because she's allegedly, like, what, they're, mm-hmm. like, going to the beach that day or something. And... Mm-hmm. At least from what uh, this friend says, you know, they as soon as they get there, they start fighting or something. And so he starts driving her back. And at some point, she just demands to be let out of the car. So he just disgorges her onto the uh, on into like what looks like some, you know, random office buildings parking lot barefoot and without anything uh, and drives off. Uh, and I think that's what, that's the last time anyone ever sees her. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, Tammy's mom is interviewed and, and it's also in the reenactment that, you know, when Tammy left with her acquaintance or friend who they don't know who that is, that Tammy's mom had been on the phone, Mm -hmm. but then, um, Tammy's mom said she got a bad feeling when Tammy left and got up and went to the door to see Tammy get in the car and leave and. Her mom thought, well, I don't know whether she thought this at the time or not, but that would be the last time she would see Tammy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we get, like, just a lot of con- conjecture, because, like, what was it? Mon- there was sort of speculation that she'd witnessed some sort of money laundering or something. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? And you know, so they talk. Yeah, she brought that up when she was having her meltdown in the trailer on the right, Scarface set. Right. <clears throat> and, yeah, the the authorities they speak with are like, well, I mean, there are money laundering things that go on in Florida, but what is there to suggest that there's any 
any connection there. So yeah, it's it's just like uh, we get we basically get a, like a, a disappearance. No update. Nothing. No update, which was a little disheartening to to see. Crystal, do you have any speculations on what happened with Tammy? I think this. I thought this segment was really interesting because it was kind of walking a line between: is this woman having a, a mental a, a mental health crisis? Yeah, you know, just for just for some reason, right? Or is she having a mental health crisis because of something that she actually saw? And I think what's interesting about this is that you, I, you were, I really can't say for certain. I really don't know. I mean, yeah. she could she could have just been having, you know, an episode, a series of episodes because of, you know, family pressure or, or feeling like she's being, you know, I imagine I mean, a, a life of pageantry, you know, is not easy. Right. And, right. You know, maybe that's why or maybe in that weekend where she you know, was unchaperoned, something really awful happened to her or she saw something. So I, I think this this segment was very interesting because it was walking a usually when i watch one of these segments i feel like i can guess what happened right (laughs) and this one i really i have no i have no idea or or the the show kind of has like an editorial spin Mm -hmm. of some sort you kind of get the feeling that the the at, at the very least that the reenactments are suggesting one thing or another but i agree with you that they kind of they kind of try to play this so that you're you're not really sure and yeah, it's it's. I mean, they 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 mentioned that unchaperoned party, but who knows what what it could be. Um, mm-hmm. It's just. Uh, I mean, it's probably. Gosh, it's just. Uh, well, either way, it's just it's it's really unfortunate and sad. Um, and I would, definitely. I wish, yeah, I think her her family assumes that that she was killed. Right. But I don't think they're lo- looking for her to be al- alive after that point. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's. Uh... Oh boy. Well, do you want to talk about something else? Yeah. This episode, we got a UFO segment. Uh, this one is the uh, takes place uh, along the Hudson River. And before we even start talking about the UFOs, I have to say because they have a little intro where they, you know, they. They describe the the the, the community, <laughs> and mm-hmm. as a, a you know, it, it's like home to a bunch of upscale professionals. And yeah. Who and it's there's no 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 hillbillies in in this town. <laughs> right, right. Who are they? Tend to be well educated and cosmopolitan, which is was uh-huh. was unsolved mysteries. I'm glad you saw it too, because I immediately, as soon as they said that, they're like, oh man. Unsolved Mysteries is totally just saying like, yeah, these aren't hillbillies. So, you know. Right. So we got to take this seriously. <laughs> God. Uh, I mean, what a what a subtly offensive uh, slap. No, it, it absolutely reeked of classism and it was really gross. <laughs> that, 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 that they did that. Yeah. Um, also... Also, those like mid nineteen eighties houses in the Hudson River Valley are ugly as fuck. Oh. <laughs> that they were showing. Oh, it was just a beige nightmare, which is stupid because if I know anything about the Hudson River Valley, it's that it's uh, famous for its very nice 
That's where the Roosevelt's had their compound. Was up there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's a very pr- pretty part of the country, but like just some of these beige. <laughs> All the houses are beige. Really. <laughs> beige houses um, for beige people, right? That's that's right, but they're trustworthy beige people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very cosmopolitan and well educated. They wouldn't make something up about seeing UFOs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Not like that uh jerk off in Tennessee or whatever. Who with the guy that was on the radio? Remember that one? Oh yes, yes. I don't remember where that was. Was that Texas, Tennessee? It was recently. Um I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like that was more a Midwest. Like was it Pennsylvania? Mm. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but, well, I mean, wherever it was, it was not as well-educated and cosmopolitan as the Hudson River uh, communities. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Mm. So, uh, if we, this, this. Uh, so UFOs. UFOs. <laughs> Tell us about UFOs. <laughs> Really, what? Okay, so the so the long and short of it is this: there there was this, it was over a period of a couple of years, mm-hmm. I think. Um, there was a lot of varying. Well, they weren't really varying, but there was a lot of reports about uh, these lights in the sky and these triangular diamond shaped formations, if that's correct. Yes. Um, and uh, you know they would have they have uh, a lot of there's some towards the end of the segment there's some filmed quote unquote evidence. There's also some photographs that people had taken, but uh, a number of folks, including an IBM engineer uh, and a, uh, a highway patrol officer named Andy Sandoff, um, you know, so these are like reputable people in the, the community, yeah. right? We have a cop, we have a IBM engineer. These are like evidenced, evidence-based decision-making folks, right? Yeah. And uh, a lot of these folks that they interview are saying, well, you know, at first I did think it was a it was a plane or planes flying in f- formation. But, uh, you know, the thing is that given the size and one of them, one of the witnesses described that the the gathering of the lights was about the size of a city, which, huh? OK, sure. <laughs> but <laughs> what they all. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, if if, if, if you. Uh, if you define a city as any sort of uh, area roughly 100 feet wide by <laughs> by 50 feet yeah. deep or I don't know. <laughs> I, I was like, sure, dude. OK, but regardless, all of these witnesses are kind of reporting the same thing. And they also say that the uh, formations are soundless. Mm-hmm. Um, and also what they observe is that the uh, unlike uh, planes that would be flying in formation, right? So as the, as planes fly in formation, even if they're really good pilots like the Blue Angels, there's going to be minor adjustments in in that formation. So that would affect where the lights appear. So there would be little movements within the formation, right? Okay. But that's not what people are describing. So what they're what they're apparently seeing is just one big object with many lights on it. That's the shape of a triangle or diamond. Mm-hmm. Um so uh there was one other and there's photographic evidence of this and it's actually pretty compelling, I think. There's another report though of a circular 
object or disc with multicolored lights on it. And there's there's a photo of it. You see in Unsolved Mysteries, it's as clear as day that that's what it is. Um, I'm looking at a photo of it right now on the wiki, although that doesn't seem to line up with what everybody else was describing. <laughs> I like how they just sort of throw it in, like, by the way, there's a different UFO, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we felt obligated to mention that. <laughs> Yeah, there's just this other circle one, but he doesn't like. Hey, he's not cool. He doesn't hang out. Yeah, with the triangle guys. Yeah, the the, the triangle uh, guys. Who, whatever aliens are in those are like, they their their captain knows what he's doing. He's like, look, if we want people to you know be talking about us, we kind of have to hang out and let them have a chance to to, to check us out. We can't just be swooping by real quick. I don't. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, wait, am I to understand that um, you you find this circle yes. one credible or more credible? I don't know what I. Can, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's like a. It's most of a circle, and it's got multicolor lights. They're like Christmas. Well, that that's the thing, colored. Crystal. When, when I saw it, the thing that immediately went into my mind was like, those are Christmas lights. That's a string of Christmas lights. Yeah, light. but up in the sky? Well, well, yeah, I know. It's it's unusual for Christmas lights to be in the sky, but I mean, what alien just like <laughs> species is just like all right, you know, the the lighting on our craft will just it'll just we'll just have it run through the whole spectrum, you know, red, orange, <laughs> blue, green, why not? It'll look festive. Like <laughs> Yeah, well, these are the festive aliens that are a little too like you know, they're a little too offbeat to hang out with the regular triangle UFO I, guys. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> I thought I thought some of the, the footage of the the triangle um guys the triangle guys, that's what I'm calling these UFOs. Yeah. Or the triangle guys. Uh, I thought those were pretty compelling too. Um, th- unfortunately, because it's the eighties, the the best anybody had really was sort of like a you know, a handheld uh film camera um which in, inherently just from from your hand it's handheld so there's a lot of shake in it right mm-hmm. so especially if you're zoomed out um as far as these people were to capture these you're just getting a lot of camera shake and unfortunately you can't really tell what's camera shake and what's the movement of the object yes yes i mean if they had had like a steady cam or something <laughs> Of that nature, or even even just now, like when we film in low light with our phones, uh, a lot of that camera shake is removed. But you'll notice if you zoom super in on something uh, that the camera shake, you lose resolution and the camera shake comes back. And so, so anyway, it's really hard to tell, but it is interesting footage. Um, they do uh, interview, um, oh gosh, what... What I don't I didn't catch the guy's name that was the UFO expert. I made it a point not to catch his name because I, I was like when he appeared, <laughs> when he appeared, I was just like I wanted to throw my hands up in the air. I was like, my God, unsolved mysteries! I feel like we're regressing now. Mm. It'd been a while before since we'd had yeah. a UFO because the thing was is they list him as UFO expert, comma author, and I was just like, ah. Yeah, but well, they don't they don't plug anybody's book. This time that's around. that's true. Um, that's true. But so but, all of oh, no, but ahead. I mean, the, the interesting thing with that guy is like he had he had one sort of slightly compelling 
ish point. And man, he just hammered it again and again mm-hmm. to the point where it's clear he doesn't really have much else. But he was like, look, you know, uh, the people who reported seeing the UFO later when on the nights when those those because allegedly these lights may have been caused by these stunt flyers or whatever. On the nights those stu- yeah, it was like a flying club. Yeah, some flying club. Yeah. On the nights those guys were out there flying, the same people identified them as planes, not as UFOs. Mm-hmm. So they could tell the difference between just you know some actual just planes flying in the sky and something truly exceptional. And he he repeats this point at least three times throughout the segment. And I was like, okay, well, I, I, I get it, I get it. You, you need more time. Yeah, that's something that Robert Stack at the very end of the segment ends up repeating as well. Is that the flying club flew on Thursdays, but actually people saw the lights. Mostly on other all nights. The time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and then they also mentioned that uh, Unsolved Mysteries had attempted to interview members of the flying club or see them fly during the day. but the re- But they suspected the reason that they wouldn't agree to do that is because... The reason they were flying at night in the first place is because a lot of the stuff they were doing was like not exactly allowed by the FAA. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, which brings us to the to the final point, which is an air in the summer of 1983, an air traffic controller uh, named Anthony Capaldi. um, You know, he's he's looking at the Doppler, whatever that radar is that they use and he sees the object um, flying and then he gets his binoculars out and looks out into the horizon and uh, he can, he can see that it was six planes flying together. Um, But, you know, as I mentioned before, all of the eyewitnesses said there wasn't any noise coming from these objects. And because of how low these, these planes were flying, to do you know do these formations you would have heard them overhead so that seems to be like another it's like well yeah we could write this off and say it was the stunt flyers but you you i have i live somewhere i live by the van nuys airport okay mm-hmm. we hear planes and choppers all the time constantly constantly and most of those uh, except for the choppers most of the you know the lear jets and stuff that are taking off from van nuys airport you know they're already 1500 feet in the sky before they cross over our house but you can definitely hear them yeah so i you know this is like segment this is the second segment in this episode where i'm like i don't know i don't know i Ah. think there's something that was caught on there was something that was caught on camera there was something that was caught on tape people have seen things it's not fuzzy taping either it's very clear there's lights in the sky so i i don't I don't, I don't have an answer for this, Robbie. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you. I, I'm. Re- I'm really thrilled that you're. You found a segment where you're like, gosh, you know, I don't know, and, and it's like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. there there could be an otherworldly explanation here. Um, the thing I ran into, and you mentioned, you know, the one guy was recording stuff with his camcorder. And I'm going to say that because because he recorded like what he had two recordings, one that was the thing that people were thinking was a UFO. Right. And then another was like Mm -hmm. was was clearly the planes. And then he he 
he basically says it or, or, or gives credence mm-hmm. to the stuff that would that would confirm that they were planes. And I have to say, it does seem like the footage he filmed the first time is what he was recording was very different from what those planes were. Mm-hmm. I have to concede on I I'll concede that. That's you know the the here here is here is some actual like interesting footage and mm-hmm. this is something I just can't discard. Uh if if only if well, only everyone if only everyone else they interviewed had recordings, um, we would mm-hmm. have had some additional stuff to study, and we may have been able to shift out sift out some of the more bullshit stories. Because <laughs> I feel like mm-hmm. like you know when they're talking with you know, some of the various people, I mean some of them are interesting. Like the there's like the business guy who was just driving home. And he stops and like all the people are gathered like close encounters of the third kind style along uh, the roadway watching. Mm-hmm. And he re- <laughs> he recounts the humorous story of how he just he wanted. He kept talking about it, like, wow, that's that's really something, huh? Wow. Look at that thing. And, da, da, da. and he's saying it to some guy who's just staring at the thing. So dumbfounded, he doesn't even mm-hmm. respond. And uh, watching the reenactment of that was super amusing. The, the, <laughs> the, the guy they hired to like play this, the other roadside, you know, observer, he did a good job of just like, okay, just like keep your mouth a little slacked open and just stare straight ahead. And he does it to a T. Um, but I was, I was a little incredulous. Like they interview that one guy, uh, like he's a County clerk or something. His name's Dennis. And he's the one who like the UFO was basically just hovering right above his house. And he comes out and he's mm-hmm. watching and he gets his son to come out. His son comes out and then he has the girls come out and look and they're, they're watching. And the, the UFO basically, <laughs> hovers and like moves from hovering above his front yard to his backyard before leaving. And, you know, he, mm-hmm. when they interview the actual guy, he's, he's relating all of his feelings and stuff. It's all very interesting, but here's the thing that was running through my head, which was like, <laughs> I, I mean, immediately as a joke in my head, I was like, yeah, man, it's a shame that, this didn't happen today because he'd have a cell phone that he could pull out and just start recording this UFO hovering above his front yard. Man, that would have been great to have some footage like that. Not that, of course, if he did have such a recording device, <laughs> that would happen because <laughs> if he had, if we had such recording devices back then, no one would claim that a UFO was going to land in their backyard. Um. Right. Well, I've, but yeah, I haven't seen too too many uh, cell phone videos that amount to compelling evidence. Right. I mean, I mean, this would have been a great one to catch because it's literally right there in the front yard. Yeah. And then yeah. the backyard. Um. Well, I mean, that's that's a theory we floated uh, probably season one. Season I feel, two, feel like much earlier in the show. Yeah. We, we, 
yeah, that the uh, incidences of people claiming they've seen UFOs have gone down a lot because, you know, everybody's got a camera in their pocket and things can be easily recorded or proven. But all of that said, I'll go back to, you know, the Pentagon <laughs> has released video of Air Force pilots encountering objects. UFOs are real. Yeah. How... That just means they're unidentified. Right, right. They don't necessarily have to be aliens. They could be some super advanced craft or or any number of things. And I, again, how how I I will I will give kudos to the Pentagon, who during this COVID situation was just like, you know, people are so distracted by this. We we might as well just dump out everything we got. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then like next year when when it's all over they'll like it will be this weird thing that they'll even like they'll kind of be unsure about like wait did I'm trying to remember did 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 the pentagon admit ufos were real a couple of years ago that was a thing right yeah and it was it, it, it wasn't even really a news story that's how crazy everything <laughs> it has been, been yes um so can you imagine if they admitted that or they had the footage in the 90s, like when the X-Files was hot and they just like dropped that? And can you imagine that, that would have can you imagine that would have been that would have guaranteed been like one of the one of the big news stories of the decade, uh, if not mm-hmm. even more profound. I mean, pe- people, I mean, we remember what the 90s were like. I mean, between this show and sightings. Holy crap! If that if mm-hmm. that happened, yeah, people would have been like, "Aliens are real. They're real." Yeah. Holy crap! We would yeah. have been we've been running around in the streets like, "Oh my god, our, our entire world view is shattered. Uh, we're just one species amongst many in this giant cosmos." Ah, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> that's not really how i felt when i saw the pentagon footage i was just like oh that's cool (laughs) it was a nice distraction (laughs) from everything else happening that's what it felt like to me i was just like that's that's tight like i'm glad we all agree ufos are real so (laughs) i think this this there's one part in this segment that kind of um sums up a lot of these UFO sightings and stuff that there's the, the two cops outside of the police station. They're both looking up at the, the thing and they both have divergent, radically divergent interpretations. One is basically like, you know, not necessarily mm-hmm. that's UFO, but yeah, these are all lights and one solid object, blah, blah, blah. And the other is like, no, they're, they're all planes. And so I, I think that kind mm-hmm. of is a good summary of just how how you know with a lot of these things yeah you know it's it's maybe a lot of these sightings they're just difficult to really know what you're looking at we should probably move on to talking about a a different kind of unidentified (laughs) flying object (laughs) i've just tricked you into damning yourself Uh, twice (laughs) (laughs) oh god uh and that that is going to take us to Paducah, Kentucky. Crystal? <laughs> uh, 
Yes. I was going to actually ask you this before we started recording, because, mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't want, I, I'm sorry if I'm jumping the gun, but did, in this segment, is that actual, mm-hmm. or actual recorded footage of what happened? That's not a reenactment, right? Did No, I think it's, I'm pretty damn sure it's a reenactment. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay, because I was about to say, like. I'm like. 99% sure this is a reenactment. All right, cuz when I when I saw it, when I saw it, mm. I was watching it and it happened and I was like, "Wait, is this the real footage?" And then I just I felt really weird, like I guess how one would if you saw something that like you thought was like snuff or or, or whatever. Mm. I felt like I mm-hmm. just watched like Footage of like the Vic Morrow decapitation on the set of the Twilight Zone movie. Um, mm. I was like, oh god, yeah. I, did I just see a? I just, I just, I no, I, I guarantee that that was a stuntman. I guarantee, or or, or, or some some just yeah, it's just some trick by the show to make us you know like the simulate. Or or just yeah, well maybe we should talk about what happened. <laughs> right, right, I, I know. <laughs> it's, Instead of being cryptic and then bringing up the Twilight Zone movie murder. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, you guys can look that up on your own time. We're not going to talk about it here. It's too dark. Yeah. Okay. Um, so 1991, there is a man working at the Paducah, Kentucky Regional Airport. I just, I love saying Paducah, Kentucky. I want to visit there someday. Looks like a real cute town. It's just on, I, I think it's just on the other side of the river on the Kentucky border with, I want to say, Illinois. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a little river town. Anyway, there's a regional airport. Uh, so, and Wes Weaver is working at the regional airport. I guess Wes, not sure if Wes is a pilot or not, but for all intents and purposes, let's say that he is. Yeah. So into the hangar. With all the planes comes a young man who says, hey, can you can I get a ride? <laughs> and Wes is like, uh, that's no, that's not how this works. And then the man says, but I'll give you my jacket. How far will that take me? And Wes says, what? No, what? This isn't dude, buddy, get out of here. What are you doing? This is you can't charter a jet for a jacket. That's not how this goes. I like. I mean, it would be one thing if it was like some sort of move. Like if it was like a movie memorabilia jacket that was like worth you mm. know worth some coin at least. Uh, particularly if mm. it was like from a movie about flying, maybe you might be able to like get some leverage in there. <laughs> this just seemed to be his everyday jacket. <laughs> yeah, it it, looked, it just looked like a windbreaker, basically, yeah. that was in the reenactment. He was just like, hey, can I... So he wanted to go out west. Um, And and so Wes Weaver's like, dude, get, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> this isn't a thing, and no, I'm not going to fly you anywhere. So then about a half an hour later, Wes is driving... Um, along the road that you know how that goes sometimes there's roads that are on the other side of the Mm -hmm. fence from the the tarmac there the runway and uh wes man wes sees this guy again yeah 
and he sees the man hop a fence and run toward the runway. Okay, so in the reenactment, this man scales an eight-foot fence with barbed wire with all the ease of a chimpanzee, okay? Yeah. Like, just flies over it. Not only does he fly over it, he basically vaults off the top of it and does, like, a kind of little side flip. Yeah, I th- this. So he runs up the fence, vaults, flips over it, and gets to the other side. The, 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 this guy, like, I don't, I don't understand why he he's uh, why he needs to get a, a a flight to go out west. It seems like in his peak physical condition, he could probably just run there in, in a few days. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he could just like backflip his way over <laughs> Appalachia and get where he needs to go. Precisely. Uh, no, this, you guys... It's amazing. This is... It's amazing the way the guy clears an eight-foot fence with barbed wire, okay? Um, so, so meanwhile, two other people see, see this guy uh, clear the fence, start running down the runway, and uh, there was only one flight getting ready for takeoff, and that was a uh, Northwest Airlines, which doesn't exist anymore, but it's a smaller jet, and it's, uh, it's headed to Memphis, and at 6.49 p.m., it took off. So here's what people see happening. I'll repeat the order of events. Wes sees the guy clear the fence heading towards the runway. Two other people see someone running towards the runway, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's all they see until a couple of minutes later. Oh, God. <laughs> and oh, man. The... This woman named Linda, who saw the, who I presumably works at the airport, she saw the man run towards the plane. She saw, as the plane got to about 1,500 feet, an object (laughs) fell from it. An object, yep. Yeah, an object, an an unidentified falling object, in fact, at this point. God, we're going. And We're going to hell. So uh, the airport authorities are the you know after after it's dark they head out there in the area where they th- think the object well it was the man yeah right we know it was the man mm-hmm. because that's you know context clues um, where the man had fallen eventually they find the man's body lying next to the fence. Um, I was this, at what part did you think was the real footage him falling or like them finding uh, seeing him? the thing, uh, the object, the unidentified falling object plummet from the plane down towards the ground. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was just like a crash test dummy that they launched off. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent. I mean, because who would have been filming? Who would have been known knowing to film? So, plane so, taking someone there, there was some guy who carried a camcorder around with him in case he saw a UFO. <laughs> well, he did today. Yeah. Oh God. Ugh. Uh. So hold on, hold on to your butts, everyone. I'm going to talk about pubes for too long <laughs> because so did unsolved mysteries. <laughs> I'm glad glad you are because uh, I I so, wanted to talk about this also. Okay, well let's let's spend at least a half an hour discussing the situation. Uh, no, let's not do that. Okay, so there's a really creepy little medical examiner that they interview. This uh, 
and uh okay what i <laughs> i'm sorry i shouldn't be laughing what i like the what screamed at me when i was watching this medical exam because mm-hmm. this medical examiner he's mm-hmm. checking out how well the guy's nails are done uh he talks mm-hmm. about his like physical physique he's like really well built and he mentions that he mm-hmm. he is his uh the hair in his uh genital region was like trimmed or whatever in such a way as to what was it to be conducive for swimming or dancing or what swimming swimming yeah or dancing yeah, yeah. It, he basically this guy had like a like a bikini wax situation right and it's just like he, the, the the medical examiner is mentioning all of these things and i was just sitting there like did the medical examiner just spend his entire like um period uh just checking out how hot the guy was rather than trying to find out how he died or, or what uh, uh. um it kind of seemed that way <laughs> uh so the local authorities suspect because uh you know chippendales was in town in paducah mm-hmm. around that time i guess yeah uh <laughs> wonder what the tips are like in Paducah for Chippendales. But anyway, uh, investigators thought that this man might have been an escaped Chippendale, I guess. <laughs> and um, that's not. That's why he need, He wasn't. That's why he needed a, to get on a plane. He was trying to escape. <laughs> yeah. He was trying to run run, run from the, uh, the uh, you know. <laughs> from, from, from the, from the, from, from the people who, 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 who yeah, had him in captivity. Though the thing, but the thing that yeah. blows that theory, the whole that whole a hole in that theory is, if he was a Chippendales dancer, and he needed to to get a flight, mm-hmm. he could have just gone, you know, and like reached into his pants and pulled out all that all the all the like all that cash and be like, I want to buy a ticket. Yeah, one <laughs> one would assume he would have more cash. Yeah. Um, but it's as it turns out, too, all, all of the Chippendales were present and accounted for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was not that. Uh, also, in the man's jacket pockets, uh, they found some swimming goggles. So Dodoy, obviously, was yeah. the answer. Jesus Christ, why did we spend so much time talking about his pubes? <laughs> uh, so, so, and then also sewn into the collar of the jacket was a name tag that said Lieutenant. Um, LF Price USAF or US Air Force. Um, they did a check of military records. They found no such person. Um, so then the rest of the segment is just people fawning over how in shape this guy was. <laughs> yeah, and they talk about it a lot. Uh, I <laughs> yeah, they're like, how did he get over the fence and then run eight hundred feet and then run around the plane and then climb onto it and like legit this guy held on, um, they think, until the speed increased to about 190 miles per hour. I mean, I I, I uh, would have... And he fell from about 3,000 feet, as it turns out, not 1,500, like I said. And he did this in the span of, like, 90 seconds to two minutes. I mean, it would take me mm-hmm. that long just to scale, like, a three-foot fence with no barbed wire mm-hmm. or anything on it. So... I'm genuinely impressed by this guy. Like everyone else, I can I well, can only only admire his physical perfection. 
I'm gonna. I assumed until we got to the update that uh, this was a Terminator from the future. <laughs> but I, I, that's a good guess. I, I like. I like that you went there. Um. Um. But they actually. Uh, they actually identify him. His name is Brian Duker. Um. Uh, D. Duker was watching the broadcast in uh, watching a repeat of the broadcast in 1997 and believed that uh, the man feature was her missing son. And he had actually been a marathon runner as well uh, as a swimmer. So. The, the segment doesn't mention that. The segment only mentions that he was later identified. But there's no, no explanation for why he <laughs> why he did why what he was trying to do yeah. yeah or why he was even in paducah he wasn't from there it doesn't make a ton of sense so that was that <laughs> case uh, closed case kind kind of closed? I, don't I don't know, know. Yeah. uh hey robbie yes we gotta we gotta wrap wrap up this little birthday present in a tidy little bow here. Probably. Well, if you would like to send me birthday wishes, you can send an email at reenactedpod at gmail dot com or check us out at reenacted po- reenacted pod on Twitter or uh, we have a Facebook uh, presence. I've been seeing. People come and look. Uh, Facebook tells me that come and pe- people come and look at it. So I should probably start adding more content to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. Also, did you say? You know, leave us a rating on yes, iTunes. Yes, five or five else. stars on whatever you do to 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 download, listen to the show. Give us five stars or whatever the maximum is. Just do it for Robbie's birthday. For my birthday. It'll be my birthday Um, gift. Thank you. And also, if you would really like to chip in monetarily to Robbie's birthday gift, (laughs) um, of course, we have the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash reenacted pod. And you can become a rumper. And that really helps a lot because it helps pay our producer. It pays the hosting fees because that's not free either. I don't just I'm not just able to upload this shit into the ether for free. So um, anything certainly helps and i know it's uh we just spent the beginning of this <laughs> podcast talking about how uh fruitful and rich we are <laughs> but truly it it it, <laughs> it does it does help a lot so thank you to everyone who's already done that um and then robbie if you want to do the thing join me next week for another edition of unsolved mysteries <laughs>